Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. This episode is part of a longer interview I conducted with Jamak Degani, who's the founder of the Data Mesh Concept and is sponsored by her, her company, her startup, Next Data. The goal of these conversations is to dig deeper into specific topics rather than skimming the surface and really discuss Schmack's view of the now and the future of Data Mesh. What is possible now? What can we do to set ourselves up for success in the, in the future? And what is our ideal picture in that future once we have the ways of working and the tooling more figured out? Hopefully, you get some great insights as well as seeing the other side of the funny and wonderful person behind the Data Mesh paradigm. Please do follow Jamak as well for more interesting insights to keep an eye out on what she is working on. I think you'll be very interested and exciting. Now, up next, I'll give a bit of my summary of the episode, so you might focus on a few of the nuanced points that Jamak makes. Sometimes she says some things that are kind of like a picture, right? Worth a thousand words in and of themselves, even when she says one sentence. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and hear some fun music, and then we'll get into that summary. Max Corner 9, a vision of the data product developer role in Data Mesh. So in this second part of the longer conversation I had with Jamak, she shares her view on who will be the data product developer in Data Mesh. What does that role look like? For her, there's been a misconception that the application developers should be the ones focused on building the data products as well. She thinks they already have a full-time role, right? <laughs> so but we do need someone applying software engineering practices and data know-how to building data products. Right now, though, to do data work, you need way too much tool knowledge instead of just the data understanding, that data know-how. We have hyper-specialized data roles, you know, not just even at the ML engineer, the data engineer, but, you know, the analytics engineer, the, which is becoming, in a lot of cases, the DBT engineer and things like that. What we should have is people that are doing software development, but for data, and they can tackle these challenges better, right? And so we're going to hear more about her opinion. As a reminder, Jamak is also hiring for her new startup, at least as of November of 2022. There is a post in the DM Jobs channel on the community Slack. But with that, let's go ahead and hear from Jamak herself. Okay, with that shortest summary of the episode done, let's go ahead and get to actually hearing from the woman herself, Shmak Degani.
you know, Datamesh was at its heart, as you know, was a, <laughs> I remember you said this somewhere that it was like a secret love letter to the data engineers, but it was that, like it was this um, empathetic positioning for people that were ingrained in that world of data um, and the death by a thousand cuts that they were experiencing and not even noticing it perhaps, or not realizing it, that's, that's what it was. Um, to to remove some of these points of friction, to remove the hacks that the band-aids and the hacks that we're forced to build, um, and yeah, and and really make it evident what needs to go, what what, what is not going to lead to a happy human you know experience and, and and needs to change, and what has to remain. And that yeah, I mean, I I did say that the. It's the secret love letter to the data folks, especially the data engineering. You had this old uh, figure in some of your slides of that was three different groups. And it was like the developers are happy. The data consumers have kind of the straight face of eh, it could be worse, but not great. And then the data engineers in the middle, just very <laughs> grumpy because of um, all these challenges that they have to solve. And, and you know, that comes with not being able to ownership, but having the responsibility and all of that. But so when you are talking to people, it sounds like what you're saying is something that I've been seeing a lot as well of you put words to the pain that people were mm-hmm. having. I've, I've talked about the killing me softly song of like, you know, tell my whole life with his words, killing me softly with his song. That's kind of what you put the words to it, but that's the data folks, right? So we the the a lot of the data people really recognize that this is a big challenge and a lot of the pushback from data people seems to be they don't believe that this could work versus they don't think that this problem is a problem right i think everybody recognizes that this is the problem when we start to look at those developers there's a lot that they don't know um uh, stephanie uh, baltus bergamo was on and she was talking about um, the developers when they do know how to deal with data, they certainly don't use best practices. <laughs> they, they might not even use what's called practices. They might be using worst practices. <laughs> so what what do we think what do you think that we need to provide? What do you think there's there's missing when these there, there's the the informational side, but also the tooling side, because if you just go to them and say we're going to teach you how to do this, and you have to use all these tools that aren't built to do it in this mesh topology, and you're used to microservices, one they're going to revolt, and two it's going to be so much additional friction. So long long uh, question even longer, but how like how do you think about that how do you think about what needs to be put in front of these people um maybe let's start from the tooling side and then we can move into some of the educational side as well but like this the stuff isn't built for the way that they work and so you're asking them to go back to 1999 and and you know deal with your data like it's 1999 for a software engineer they're not, they're not going to want to do that prince party song right <laughs> yeah, so um, maybe I just um, mention something before we jump into what needs to change, is that when we talk about 
uh, at least I talk about the persona of a vanilla developer, a persona of a developer, to, uh, the largest population of technologies that we have need to be mobilized to use data. I don't need, I don't mean to say someone who's doing app development and who's, who wakes up in the morning, thinks about the experience of that app for an end user or experience of, you know, her services API for another developer to do a transactional you know, work, I don't mean that that person shall now wake up in the morning and solve the data problems related to that or solve, provide analytical data or use analytics in their app. So that's, that's a massive leap to, to, you know, to make. And also now we're describing this like split brain people that have to keep two very different personas and problems um, in one you know, in one body. What I mean by we need to empower developers is that we have come up with a new construct, which is this idea of a data as a product or data product, which is, you know, encapsulating computation and data and data, you know, sharing APIs, everything that is needed for us to successfully work with data at scale. And we have put a bounded context around it and said, look, we can localize it around a particular, you know, domain, um, you know, specialty of one domain um, can, you know, can govern this particular thing. So what we're saying is that, well, we need to have people whose job is, whose role is defined as a data product developer to provide this unit of value, which yes, has a lot of data, you know, specific um, kind of features in it, right? The modeling of the data, the pipeline to manage that data, the APIs to share it, the metadata to describe it, and so on and so on. So the role of a developer that we're talking about here is really this data product developer. It's not a pipeline engineer. It's not a data engineer. It's not a data semantic modeler somewhere else. There's not none of these fractional roles that we define. It's a combination of those roles in one role whose job now is developing, maintaining, managing the life cycle of this this data product. And then the other thing that I'm saying by calling this role a developer, data product developer, uh, is that we're implying a level of generalization. We're saying we don't need to think about this as fraction, fractional specialization, like analyst engineer and ML engineer and data engineer, that they all do a fraction of a job from value, data to value. We're thinking about this as more of a generalized developer that is using tools that lend themselves with, you know, to best software engineering practices to practices that allow you to maintain this data product over a long period of time. Uh, Of course, you need to understand data. I need to apply this good practices around data as well. But we're talking about a generalist developer persona, not a specialist fractional data, you know, or ex-engineer role. So I just want to clarify that so that when we imagine with this person think about when she wakes up in the morning and what her job is and what outcome she's seeking. Uh, We're not talking about the app developer. We're talking about the data product developer. Does that make sense as a starting point? Yeah. And and I think uh, that's a great way to start. And I think if we can talk about the bounded context of somebody, you know, if you have to know 
absolutely everything? Does everybody in the team have to, or is this a specialized role within the domain? And and when we talk about the domain, what does that mean? But yeah, I think that's a, a great starting point. Yeah, so let's put that person in a bigger context before we jump into the tools she would be using. So the bigger context, again, DataMesh is a system of scale and scaling out around the seams of organization, right? Um, Around a manageable degree of complexity and cognitive complexity for people. So in which case we said, well, the, the team of teams, like your virtual team is a domain team, a team that has a very specific business outcome, right? So you have your, I don't know, e-commerce team, or you have your um, payment team, or you have your marketing team. And these, these teams have a very specific outcome, business outcome they're working toward. Like the e-commerce would be um, a great, sticky, and delightful experience to go from browsing to converting to purchase a product, right? So that particular team is working to in that bounded context. And it's a team of teams, really. So it will have some app developers, some you know system developers. It will have um, data product developers, right? The data that um, could be kind of source-aligned data products that is essentially externalizing the data that e-commerce generates as analytical data for personalization, for optimization of your flows and, and or analytics around the, the conversion from you know browsing the catalog to actually putting in the box to sorry into your box, basket, not box. I guess maybe if you buy apples, you put it in a box um, basket and then purchasing the basket, right? Finishing that purchase. So so it could be any of these data products, or it could be a data product that is um, is more ML-based and generating data such as recommendations. So whatever is in the sphere of, we decide to be the sphere of control of that e-commerce team. So those data product and developers are working alongside their, you know, um, application and system developers, and they're working more collaboratively within the domain than I, across the domains, right? Because collaboration is a really a high friction, expensive exercise, um, as opposed to saying, I'll provide my, data product now as a service essentially for other people to come and self-serve use it that's a low friction kind of um, mode of interaction so they have a more collaborative mode of interactions with their um, application counterparts because they have to agree uh, with a more tighter level of uh, coupling how that internal e-commerce database data is going to be externalized as analytical. Everyone come and use, get a view of this data as data products. So that that person, when she wakes up and say, oh, you know, I'm responsible for um, metrics around the e-commerce the system and we're just exposing that as a data product. Uh, and I want to make sure this metrics probably going to the right direction. I want to work closely with my, um, with my, you know, co-domain, like my domain developers, application developers, make sure they have the right instrumentation. And that's what she cares about. She cares about what metrics am I exposing and who's going to use it and how they're going to use it. Am I um, providing the right level of integrity and completeness that my data users need? Uh, She doesn't wake up in the morning and say, oh, how can I optimize this particular screen on e-commerce so that the end user, that's that's the e-commerce app dev, but they're very closely working together. 
And that's, so that's a macro context of these data product developers. So thanks again to Jamak. As a reminder, please check out her startup, Next Data. There's more information about it in the show notes. They're doing some pretty amazing things. She's hiring lots of folks looking to partner with others and just kind of check it out. As for me, please do follow up with me as well. I'm pretty easy to find. I'd love to chat data mesh or anything kind of in the data realm. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information, some useful resources and things as well. And Jamak and I both wish you an excellent rest of your day. Now with that, let's cue that inspiring outro music.